You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 51. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be with you again. And this is a little bit of a, a monumentous well, this podcast is a today. first. It is an first. absolute first. It is a first because we are actually interviewing... Uh, and, uh, uh, interviewing... Interviewing... <laughs> Yes. But a guest on the show who is is of the female persuasion. Of the female persuasion on on real talk for real men. That's is... right. <laughs> now, now it'll be clear as as we go through as to why that's the case. So, okay. so all you men out there who are listening, please don't turn off. But Robin, actually, we've got Robin Jordan Jordan on the line, and we'll introduce her in a bit more in a, in a moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, Robin, my wife wanted to pass on my her thanks because she loves loves reading your stuff that you uh, you put up online. So. Uh, she just wanted to pass that on. I better do that while I remember. But Robin Jordan, we've got uh, joining us. Hello to you. Hi there, Guy, and hi, Chris. Thank you, and thanks for that. I'm glad that Anne-Marie enjoys it. Now, I'm just picking up that accent, and for the sake of people on the other side of the planet, uh, that's a Kiwi twist I can hear in there. So you're yeah, from Kiwi, Kiwi. <laughs> you're getting up on us. It is a kiwi that living in Australia. <laughs> and just for the sake of those that aren't from down under, um, kiwis um, have a, a challenge where they have, for whatever reason, decided not to use their vowels. Um, <laughs> oh, and so uh, we think the next time they have an economic crisis, they can just export them because no one's actually using them. I'll say yes. good kids or something like that. I have. I've tried to speak Australian, but it just doesn't come across well. <laughs> So, Guy, why in the world are we talking to Robin on Real Talk for Real Men? Well, because uh, in the last podcast, we, we started talking about life changes. That's right, yeah. And uh, and so I've known Robin for, for a few years, and I've known her from before she went through a major life change and now watched um, her, her progress through that change and come out the other side in a really powerful and strong way. And, and, uh, and her example was a really powerful one for anybody who is going through a change whether it's similar to her change or not but I think she's got some really important lessons for us to take away and think about and apply into our lives. So this is someone that's got the rubber meeting the road in the issue of these really significant life changes that you Mm. were talking about uh, last time. Yeah. And so Robin okay well we look forward to hearing your insights into that that'll be great. So, uh, so Robin, would you like to share with our, our listeners your story? Okay. Well, I'm a mum to seven children. And wow, that's, that's, that's pretty decent, seven, <laughs> seven children. Five boys and two girls. Oh, wow. And 11 and a half years ago, we, made, uh, we actually homeschooled our kids. So my life was evolved around meeting the needs of my family and raising my children and imparting Christian principles and, yeah, trying to raise them to be mighty in spirit. Um, I loved being a mum and we moved over here 11 and a half years ago to make a better life for ourselves. We'd had some misfortune in um, some financial areas where we invested some money when we sold our home and it all fell to bits. So we came over here to um, to the golden soils and 
were looking to rebuild our, our lives and we bought a property um, in central Victoria. The plan was to build a home. My husband was a builder and a cabinet maker and nine and a half years later, um, we were still living in a shed and with no water, no well, no hot water, no electricity, no oven. It, was, <clears throat> it did bring its challenges. Um, seven years ago, I had breast cancer, which probably was the pivotal um, point that I needed to realise that my life mattered and that I actually wanted more in my life than what I was experiencing at the time. Um, after a number of years in our situation, um, I realised that things weren't going to change and no matter how much um, I asked for change and knew that we couldn't keep on sustaining living like we were living, um, it was out of my control. So after um, get, getting through breast cancer and um, the treatment, I, yeah, I guess I realised that what I was doing was almost um, selling my soul just to to keep my marriage that it was falling apart and it was something that I never ever thought that I would ever experience because um, marriage for life was a big um, value of mine and so unfortunately three and a half years ago my marriage fell apart and I was left in a very vulnerable position I had not worked obviously for many decades and what was I going to do? I didn't have a job. I actually had a, a foot, a significant foot injury. And so I actually went to stay with a friend. And from that time on, it's been, yeah, it's been three years now, Guy. And I have been on a journey of, I guess, rediscovering who I really am and what matters to me, what, um, what I want my life to look like and how was I going to reinvent myself really what you touched on and and I often have thought that I've thought I've had to reinvent myself so so here I am <laughs> mm, wow. yeah well can I ask you Robin um that's a pretty dramatic situation and I know many of the people listening will resonate with having had a marriage collapse or maybe facing challenges in their marriage how long do you think things weren't right before it actually finally fell apart a good number of years, um, probably at least four years. And in that time, I I guess I I wanted to explore every way that we could move forward and salvage and restore what we used to have. So um, I did come to the point of realising, though, that that takes two people to um, have that commitment and to... Uh, make that commitment to do whatever it takes to um, yeah, reconnect and restore a marriage and a relationship and often to get help. Uh, I really mm. am a firm believer that we often need somebody um, outside of the situation to give us clarity and to mm. move us forward. And um, unfortunately, that was not something that my husband was was willing to do. And I guess I realised that I was dying inside. And 
having had a brush with my mortality, I think that made me realise enough was enough and that I just could not do this anymore. So You've only I got was, the one life, eh? Hey? We do, yeah. And I realised I actually love life and I had lost a lot of myself and it's been it's been a tough journey going forward but it's been a very exciting journey and I'm just thrilled to be able to say I'm finding myself and um, finding my purpose in life despite things not working out how I guess I always envisaged and how I hoped it would, um, finding a new pathway when things don't always um, work out how we dream they will or how we envisaged. Yeah. Now, Robin, we, we want to uh, mine a bit of that experience that you've got. But just before we go there, I imagine that the questions that are hitting my head are the same ones that our listeners might have. Um, what happened with the family? Were the children with you? Did they end up going with you or did you end up on your own? How did that all sort of pan out? Most of my children had left home and I had two children still with, um, at at home with, with my husband and I. And we ended up with one child each and it hasn't been how I'd hoped it would be. It's been very much a, div a division and it's either you're on one side or you're on another side, which is totally um, unresourceful and and I guess damaging to the children. Um, and once again, it's out of my control. You know, some you can want to work well together and after 30 odd years, 35 years together, I actually only really want the best for him. And I guess in my heart, I'll always love the man that I married. And yet um, I feel I've been erased from his life, which is disappointing. And yet I've chosen to leave that behind and think, well, I can't change someone else's um, actions or their approach. And I just have to concentrate on what I can control. And that's my own responses and my own actions. So, yeah, so I have one son still with me. Well, well thank you. And thank you for being very transparent in, in what's a, a bit of a difficult personal kind of journey. But I guess we should start delving into the sort of things that are in Guy's mind is, which is just how to actually handle that transition process. Well, I think we've, I think Robin, I think the listeners have probably already picked up on a, on a few things that are coming out uh, from what you're telling us, and um, it's just uh, perhaps highlight some of those just in case any of our listeners have, have missed them. And and one of those, one of those is that your cancer just helped you to see how precious life is, and that life is a short. A short window of time and we have to make the most of it right and yeah. there, there's a neat um quote um where are we that says we have um this life this moment to experience who we dare to be and mm. um and i realized that that gee time is ticking and i'm 58 this year and I have got many hopes and dreams and journeys to travel, and so I'd better get on with it. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's another another thing that you touched on was that there were a number of times is that there's there's only so much which is in our control. That's there exactly are, right. There are things we can control, but there are also things that we can't control, and we have to take responsibility for what is in our area. But ultimately, if things don't work out, if they break if they break down, there's, you know, and we've done what we can to prevent that happening, then we have to be able to move on without carrying the guilt 
that it's that it's our fault, right? Is that that's something you had to work through? Oh, absolutely. Um, a sense of shame, a sense of failure, a sense of what will people think, um, a mm. sense of losing connection with people that had meaning to me that perhaps, um, you know, were committed to marriage too. Not everybody, and you know, within a Christian um, community, sometimes Christians can be very, um, dare I say, judgmental. And mm. You've got to keep your marriage together at all costs, right? That, that's that's right. And, and so I guess I had got to a point where I knew that there was no option and I just had to drum up courage to do my best going forward. But I think what you just said about taking 100% responsibility for me and what I can control and what I come to realise was we can't actually control very much in our world. We can, we spend a lot of time trying to control a lot of the outer world and yet it's mm. the only the inner world really that we can control and that's mm. our own actions, our thoughts, um, how we choose to respond and that is actually you know, really been quite freeing for me of mm. being able to let mm. me let go of a lot of um, a lot of things that I wish could have been different, and yet I've been able to tell you know realize that I can't control that, so it's out of my you know jurisdiction really. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful, powerful stuff. And then that just that last that last point I want to touch on before Chris is bursting with a question here is that. Uh, your, your, your husband didn't want to, didn't want to get help. He would, um, you know, and that's something that, that I see and I know Chris probably sees with, with our work with men and it's one of the great frustrations is that we're, we don't, we don't seek help until there's need for an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. And oh, yeah. your, your perception there that, you know, it needs somebody outside of the situation to help bring about some perspective to, um, you know, to help perhaps widen our view of what's going on and to bridge broken lines of communication, it can just, things can be changed so quickly when yeah. we have some external help. And it's just mm. the bane of my life for us men. Yeah. We don't yeah. find it. We don't go and seek that help. Absolutely. And I think you're right. It can, it can be so quick change because we don't know what we don't know mm. and often we we all have blind spots and somebody being able to um, shine a light on a different perspective can just be you know like a light bulb moment and mm. i i actually have a real heart for even though my my work is not with men um it's certainly my heart is definitely for men because i see so many men just tripped up with um their ego and their pride and not mm. being willing to be vulnerable and, and authentic mm. and really saying it how it is. And I, I feel that was one um, big wall that my husband had that he was not willing to be vulnerable because he wanted to keep that, um, I guess, that mask of, you know, being a certain way or a certain person. And yet that is the greatest gift that we can give um, the people that love us and and ourselves is to be willing to be vulnerable. Mm. Wow. wow, that's powerful stuff, Robin. Mm. Mm. Robin, uh, Guy mentioned the the bogey uh, of of guilt. I guess when we go through traumatic situations like yours, there are things like grief, this fear, um, yeah. guilt, 
shame, these different things. What were the the, the stronger bogeys that you found yourself coming up against? Um, there definitely was guilt. And I, I think my greatest thing was fear. Um, the fear of not being enough, the fear of um, not being worthy and the fear of not being lovable. Um, that might be to my family or to the, the outside community that I had. And then to myself, of was I enough to make it in life? Um, on my own and I you know had known my husband since I was 18 years old and then married at 23 so my whole life I had been mm. with somebody so um, the fear of what people think and the fear of being judged I think is something that we all we all have and when you're facing uncertainty and in the unknown um, yeah, it's definitely something that we have to work through and that can take time, but it takes awareness to begin with. And so what helped you get through that? Obviously, it, it was time and there was some process. What do you think were the landmarks or the signposts along that road? I think having a big enough why, that why was I on this road and what was I doing? Because I had to reinvent myself and um, I... I stumbled really across um, life coaching, which I absolutely love and it has transformed my whole life. Um, and I wish I'd known about it decades ago, some of the things that I've learned. And yet I realised that um, facing uncertainty does bring up lots of fears and you have to have a big enough reason why or who you're doing this for has to be big enough. Um, to be able to overcome your fears. And mm -hmm. the one antidote to that is taking action. And you sometimes we spend all this time waiting for our ducks to be lined up, that we have everything right before we take action. And yet it's the courage will be given to us as we step out. And I think with men, but it's in general through society that the fear of making a mistake or the fear of failure can hold us back. And yet... If only we just changed our perspective around um, making mistakes or failing and, and made failure mean failing forward, that as we fail in something, we learn something that we can do better next time mm. and gives us that experiences to build on to be able to help others and help ourselves, you know, with different realisations. So, mm. Yeah, this is, this is gold, Roman. I, I love that, Yeah. You know, our mistakes, they need to be stepping stones to our future, not fences, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So so, so you're a life coach now, a trained, uh, you're retrained as a life coach. Can yes, you yeah. tell us what area are you coaching? How are you helping people? I'm coaching women, um, women that have lost themselves and perhaps in new seasons of their lives that um, – have found themselves possibly in roles of either being everything to everybody, being a people pleaser and putting their needs um, and their emotions at the bottom of the list. <laughs> and okay. perhaps through significant health issues or a life event, not necessarily a marriage breakup, but it could be even just an empty nest syndrome or children. Because what I realised in my own journey was that my whole identity was glued to the vehicle of motherhood. Mm. And I, I realised that I had to find my own identity in life so that I could be okay no matter what because 
when my children perhaps made um, decisions that weren't in aligned with what I thought was the right thing, I felt like I was a failure and and it um, had an effect on my own self-esteem and self-worth. So as I realised that and was able to change that, I've once again been able to let go of the responsibility of what my children decide to do. Is that They're all young adults now and um, I think my eldest is going to be 30 this year. And they're all making their way and um, allowing that and just being a champion to them and supporting them. But, um, yeah, yeah, I forget what the, the question well, was now. I noticed a Guy mentioned earlier on that his wife is really enjoying your blog post. So that's a big part of what you're doing as well, is it? Well, I'm, I'm mainly um, doing social media on Facebook yeah. at the moment. Um, so it's I, not only on Facebook, social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I am... Um, I'm actually doing internet marketing as well so that I can learn about um, blog posts and websites and everything. So my dream is to be able to take my business anywhere. I have, um, I've realised that my core drivers are adventure and variety. So, sorry, um, adventure and connection. So to be able to take my coaching business overseas and be able to live in little places and experience adventure and be able to still work from there, that's my goal. So... I'm, um, you know, working towards that. So, yes, it's on Facebook and I, I'm called Courage to Be You Coaching with Robin Jordan and, um, yeah, I hope to encourage and stretch people's limiting beliefs and empower women to create a life that they dream of, create a life that um, their future selves will thank them for and, most of all, that they don't have regrets. Mm. Okay, so Robin, I want to get onto the, this topic of of change. We've skirted around it a wee bit. What were some of the key things? If you give, give you a moment, don't mind a bit of silence if you need to think. But what were some of the key things in coming out of a broken marriage and becoming a and deciding to become a life coach? What were the key things for helping you to make those decisions? One of the key factors that enabled me to make that decision to become a life coach was when I was sitting at a free training, actually, and my heart was just screaming out, this is perfect for me, this is just what I need, and I can use this um, to create a business and help others. And contribution is a big part of um, one of my values and what drives me, but was the statement that self-belief is not necessarily is not necessary just to follow the system. And as much as I believe self-belief and backing yourself is really critical, there's an element when you, um, you know, embrace something new or do a, st a course um, that you don't reinvent the wheel, that you just follow people that have created success in that area and just do, take the steps. And the moment this woman said that, um, it was like the floodgates opened, the tears flowed. And I think, you know, going through what I had gone through, a lot of my self-confidence had been knocked. And I did wonder, was I enough? Could I do this? And when she said that, I just thought, yes, I can. So I guess I chose to back myself in that aspect and just follow the system. Yeah. And that's, that's a powerful thing that, that, uh, sees so much. A, a single thought can change your life. And there's Absolutely. a good example of it. You had yep. a thought and then you chose to accept that thought. Yes, I can. I can do this. 
and then that then flowed through to action. You started yeah. then taking steps, doing the research and working out how do I do this? Because when we make a decision to do something, it's all rosy and great to start with, right? We think, wow, I can, we don't, we, we don't know what we don't know, as you said before. So there's that, there's that state where we're a little bit gung ho and a bit ignorant. Mm. But uh, so then once you started digging into becoming a life coach, were you tempted to give up? Never to give up, but I definitely hit roadblocks of fear of mm -hmm. um, can I do this again? And it wasn't as easy as what I thought it was. Um, part of that, my journey has actually been to discover who I am and I've actually done a, an amazing program um, called Your Ultimate Self. And that really, I, I chose to just sort of step back a little bit from my studies to move me forward in my knowledge papers, so to speak. And to do that inner work where I realized um, what my roles had been, what masks I had been wearing, um, what my tribal enmeshments had even um contributed to the person I was and maybe the fears that I had um, and realised that, yeah, we all have them as much as our parents can have done a great job and we we all know as parents that none of us are perfect and we, we don't get it all right, but there will always be something in our lives and <clears throat> just the power of what we make something mean. You know, as a young child, I made it mean that... Um, to be loved and accepted, I had to not make any waves and I had to be the good girl. And um, that I took through into my life where I then took on a hero's role where I didn't let my needs and, uh, you know, be known that I had to be brave, that I had to be able to cope with everything. And in the end, you know, I wasn't supported and I felt very alone. So that's one example, you know, of a of a role. But there's many, many, you know, people pleaser um, mm. where you spend your life trying to please everybody. And, and I had an aspect of that too. Um, yeah, and in the end, um, you end up really pleasing no one and, and not even yourself. So you can be then left very emotionally empty. So... Yeah, I, I took that journey. But yes, it has taken time. And I think that is one aspect. It's, you know, getting clear on what your vision is and what your purpose is so that you are more in that environment of looking at your values and your your mission and your, your um, purpose um, rather than just the implementation you know, we're, we're in a world where we do, 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 do. We've just got to keep doing, keep going, keep working harder, keep, and yet we're often not working smarter and we're not getting the results because we're not getting clear that environmental factors of, um, you know, what our standards are, what our environment looks like, and then concentrating on some of the structures that we need to take us to where we're going, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if someone was listening to us now and they're saying, okay, here's a woman that's got some smarts about all of this. My world has just fallen apart. I feel gutted. I, I, I can hardly get out of bed. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't, I've got fears. I'm not sure whether I'm to blame. They're just facing all of that stuff. 
What's the starting point? I think reaching out to somebody um, and actually sharing what you're, where you are. And that maybe that might take some thinking about who the right person might be. Um, but having some somebody to validate where you are and to someone that's going to champion you to create some change um, in your life and to get clear on what you really want. Um, the you know the aspect of depression and everything. I I'm not a psychologist and I haven't got that qualification and yet I I do have my own thoughts on it that so many people are living a life. Um, really of quiet desperation because they are they're playing roles that aren't truly authentically themselves and they're masking their pain um, and they have limiting beliefs. So I think, you know, the important factor is know that you matter and know that you are worth getting some help because often it's a, it's a change of perspective and it's somebody else helping you to start thinking above the line rather than below the line, you know, where you are, you're squeezing life, not letting life squeeze you. And you're driven by cause, not by effect. You're causing your life to move forward or to make changes rather than you're just affected by every every little thing that sways, in, you know, in the, in the wind. Because a lot of a lot of people are they, um, you know, they're flattened by something happening. Whereas it's about building resilience, isn't it? And believing that you have what with you, you what is within, um, and whether that is related to your faith um, as well, that that you can get through this, and that mm. might mean reaching out to somebody else. Mm. So what's so what's next for Robin Jordan? Well, I'm continuing, um, continuing to step out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm wanting to create um, more webinars and a, a blog post and create a, a courses and sales funnels and all sorts of things so that I can get a, um, a leveraged um, business and to really be continually <clears throat> evaluating you know, what I want, what is important to me and how I can bring my giftings and my abilities to make a difference in the world of others in whatever small way that might be. Um, mm. And even just my um, short time doing this with my coaching, it's extremely fulfilling and it's extremely rewarding when you see people so easily in many ways and I look it's not always like that but it can be just an, an awareness that they have not realized that they have been doing <clears throat> and tapping into who they are and embracing who they are yeah so mm -hmm. and I, I just want to live my best version and I know one day I'll be held accountable for how I've used my time and um what what I have I contributed to this world and yeah, I, I like to think that I would leave a legacy for my children that mum never gave up, that she, you know, put a big girl pants on and she moved forward and with courage and embracing uncertainty because I think we really all need to embrace uncertainty in a lot more mm. a lot more ways and 
whatever that might be, start practicing it so that you can embrace it in, in the bigger things when, when it comes along. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a quote from Mother Teresa. I won't, be able to, well, I won't be able to get it exactly right, but it's something like, I might not be able to change the world, but I can skim a stone across the lake and cause plenty of ripples. That's exactly so. right. I love and I love that ripple effect, and it is amazing. I mean, even you yeah. saying Anne Marie enjoys my posts. Well, I never, I had no idea that she even reads my posts. So, in some, well, she uses my Facebook account. So, <laughs> so in some small way, we do not know what exactly. effects we have on ourselves, and. Like stepping out into the world of social media, that has taken courage. I have had to be choose to be vulnerable. It's not always um, not always easy, and yet I'm building muscle around that. So mm -hmm. um, because we never know how our journey can impact um, someone else's, and I think we all go through different challenges. And there is a time in our lives where we have to leave our story behind, but we can. Um, we can use our story um, to create change and to inspire others that there is, you know, there is hope because someone with no hope is, it's a pretty tough place to be and I certainly have experienced that. So to mm. come from a place where I had lost hope and actually really at 50, I really just wanted to take my life. And I look back now and I think, wow, I will never be in that place again. And I'm just incredibly thankful that um, I am where I am. And yet, in saying that, it hasn't turned out how I had hoped it would and how I'd always dreamed it would. And yet something new can be something wonderful too. Yeah, roses, roses growing out of the ashes, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it's so much gold with what you've shared, Robin. Uh, just honour you for coming on here and into our show and, and sharing what you have. This is one that um, that uh, some of us might need to go back and listen to again because there's, there's so many treasures of gold that you've shared with us today. So I'd like to thank you for for doing that. You're very welcome. Yeah, Robin, I think too what's beautiful about having you in the program is as our very first uh, woman guest onto the program, you've made. Uh, a lot of sense, and I think a lot of people will have really appreciated that. So maybe we can broaden our horizons, uh, as you <laughs> indicated here. And us, fem us females aren't so scary after all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know how much we're shaking here at this end of the microphone. <laughs> there's a wonderful quote that I'd love to share for you, and it says, you may be the only person left who believes in you, but it's enough. It takes just one star to pierce a universe of darkness. Never give up. Mm. all right well, i think that's a great place to to end so uh all our listeners just remember you can come over to the, the to the show notes on realmen247.org and you'll find uh links there over to to robin as well so if you'd like to follow up with her in any way you'll be able to find a, a link there so uh please uh share this episode maybe there's somebody you know who's who's is going through uh a major life change or has maybe got some issues in their marriage and would appreciate hearing from from uh, from robin so please do that yeah robin thanks once again you've been very um transparent you've allowed us to look into your life which i'm sure is not exactly the sort of thing you wanted to wave around uh, when you're going through your difficulties 
But thank you for that. And I guess that's the important take home, so many of them. But I think for people out there that are facing their world collapsing, reaching out to somebody and getting connected and even connecting through what we're doing here, all of that I think is vitally important, isn't it? And being real too, Chris, I think that's um, something that our world um, neglects at times. Yeah, we need to be real. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for another episode. So uh, please join us next time. Yeah, we look forward to you. Not sure what we're going to talk about next time or who we're going to be talking to, but we just trust we can bless you. So thanks for listening in. Sounds goodbye from me. And from me. And from me. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.